Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the Balanus and Ballin Podcast. I'm Jordan Fike one. Yesterday, the world lost an incredible player and an even better person. Bill Russell, Boston Celtics and NBA legend, passed away at the age of 88. His resume speaks for itself and is honestly hard to comprehend. He won 11 NBA titles in 13 years, six of which were against the Lakers. He won two titles as the first black coach in NBA history, two NCAA titles, and two All-American honors at the University of San Francisco. He was a Summer Olympics gold medalist back in 1956, five MVP awards, which has him as the uh, second most all-time in that category. Additionally, he received the Presidential Medal of Freedom from Barack Obama in 2011. He's a 12-time All-Star, the All-Star Game MVP in 1963. He holds the second most career rebounds at 21,620. He was 21-0 in winner-take-all games, 10-0 in Game 7s, he was the only player to be named to the NBA, to the NBA's 25th, 50th, and 75th anniversary teams, and he was a, he is a member of the Naismith Memorial College and FIBA Hall of Fames. But as impactful as he was on the court, Bill Russell was just as inspiring off of it. He was a social justice, justice and civil rights advocate, and his legacy on that front still continues to this day. He marched with MLK, stood up for uh, Muhammad Ali and notably boycotted a game in Kentucky after two of his black teammates were refused service in a coffee shop before a preseason game. That was the first boycott of a game over a civil rights protest. Uh, Obama, when he presented Bill Russell with the Medal of Freedom in 2011, said, quote, he endured insults and vandalism, but he kept focusing on making the teammates who he loved better players and made possible the success of so many who would follow. Uh, Bill Russell referenced the 61 boycott when the Milwaukee the Milwaukee Bucks chose not to play uh, after the shooting of Jacob Blake back in 2020. Uh, in his tweet, part of it read, quote, I am one of the few people that knows what it felt like to make such an important decision. I am so proud of these young guys. Russell was a pioneer as an athlete advocating for civil rights and social justice. And without him, Who knows if players would have had the ability to speak up on social issues today. As I said earlier, his impact off the court was as meaningful as his impact on it. Bill Russell will forever live on in the hearts of NBA fans and everyone alike. And his loss is an enormous one in the NBA and social justice world. May he rest in peace. Last week, I had the pleasure of attending AAJA 22, a national convention put on by the Asian American Journalists Association. I wasn't the only student journalist there, though. I met some incredible people, including student journalists from the AAJA chapters of USC and UT Austin. It was amazing getting to hang out and uh, getting to know them over the last four days. I really had a great time with them. And as far as I know, I was the only person from Emerson to go. There was an Emerson alum uh, who was a panelist, at uh, one of the sessions I'll be talking about in a moment. He went there for a film um, a long, long time ago. I had a great discussion with him, and he gave me some great tips on how to maximize my time in Beantown. So some of the uh, sessions and panels that I attended included the ESPN Sports Media Summit. I learned a great deal about the investigative journalism, social media, cross-platform content creation, and the day-to-day operations of a reporter and producer. I also got to meet uh, Om Young Masuk, who does 
fantastic work as an NBA reporter. He writes a lot about uh, the Clippers, mainly now, but he has covered uh, the Lakers and Nets and uh, other teams as well uh, during his career. So it was a great getting to uh, talk to him after the panel. Uh, there was also a session, a plenary, entitled The Racism Virus, which uh, reflected on everything that journalists and Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders in general have gone through uh, during the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. There were some uh, very important um, statistics in there, as well as some promising ones regarding the uh, AAPI vote in uh, upcoming elections. Uh, with the midterms coming up, The uh, that uh, demographic will, of course, be uh, very crucial in those moments. Um, there was also some great advice on being authentic when doing your job and uh, the importance of being a human first and a journalist second. Another p panel that I attended was AAPI representation in sports and entertainment. The moderator was uh, Tommy Tran from CBS Sports. Uh, the panelists were fresh off the boat director Melvin Marr, UCLA women's basketball star Natalie Cho, and LPGA golfer Michelle Wee West. Um, they uh, all talked about uh, the, uh, of course, the representation in their respective industries, but uh, something that Melvin brought up, and I thought this was very interesting, uh, the emphasis in entertainment to tell more Asian stories and not just someone, someone's Asian story. Uh, Natalie and Michelle also brought up that athletes are able to inspire many with their activism, but the people that they touch most are those closest to them. And uh, they also brought up, everyone brought up, that speaking up is more important and more valuable than simply staying silent. Another workshop that I attended was the Sportscasters Workshop, which was sponsored by Fox Sports and the AAGA Sports Task Force. I uh, learned some fantastic lessons from Adam Amin, who does play-by-play -play for Fox Sports, Melissa Kim, who is part of the the uh, Baltimore Ravens studio uh, broadcast team as a uh, studio host, and James Coe, who was a sports reporter for DirecTV. I also had an amazing chat with uh, Adam. He gave me some fantastic advice on play-by-play, uh, -play, as well as with uh, Michael Kim, who is one of, if not the first, AAPI sports reporters on TV. He was at ESPN for 16 years and is currently at Stadium. Uh, another panel that I attended was uh, Journalists as Advocates, which was a incredible and critical discussion on uh, press freedom. Uh, it was a journey, uh, journey towards uh, getting journalists more rights and protections when covering civilized unrest. There have been a star startling number of uh, arrests made for reporters uh, by police who uh, simply just arrest everyone at, uh, at these types of uh, protests. So uh, all the panelists discussed uh, SB 98, which was which was designed to clarify the law when it came to reporters being present at protests and simply giving them uh, more rights and, uh, as previously mentioned, press freedom uh, in order to do their jobs effectively. I'll have more on that and another panel in a moment. So during that uh, press freedom panel, the panelists advised journalists to speak up for their rights and when working together on that front, that is only when change can truly be made. And one of the other panels that I attended, and the last one that I'll mention here, is how to report on mass shootings. It was a dark but still very valuable panel on how journalists can effectively do their jobs when handling a situation that, unfortunately, has become all too familiar 
in recent years. I um, I haven't had to report on a mass shooting, and I hate to say this, I, I haven't had to report on a mass shooting yet, but uh, still, the panel was very, very insightful on uh, how to deal with, uh, on how to tell the story the right way in the midst of all the uh, the chaos and confusion and frankly trauma that occurs when recorded when reporting on uh, mass shootings I thought that uh, the discussion that was had there was uh, critical for me to uh, attend and critical for all reporters to uh, attend and know about so that they could uh, they could as I mentioned earlier, tell the story the right way and not have to backtrack on any of their reporting in such a uh, critical, critical moment. But that panel, there was a bright side to that panel, though. That was how I met Hetty Chang from uh, KNBC, the NBC4 station here in L.A. So, and this is a bit of a uh, larger story, again, that I'll get to in a moment. So the panel wraps up. I go up to talk to Richard Louie, who moderated it, he is an anchor at MSNBC. I've watched him on TV. So we had a really nice conversation afterwards and getting to uh, talk to him and uh, for him to share a little tidbit of advice with me was uh, really awesome. Uh, eventually, we, I got to talking with uh, Hetty Chang from NBCLA. She works with Sean Browning, who's the chief photojournalist at Channel 4. Uh, he and I actually met when I was about nine years old. Uh, I got on the 11 o'clock news for reporting on last-minute Christmas shopping at the old Toys R Us. So that was really awesome. She, Hetty, actually remembered me from that video, which was really neat. Uh, we talked for a little bit. It was really cool to uh, have that conversation with her. Um, nice to know that she actually remembered me from that video. And uh, again, really, really great to connect with her after the panel. I actually saw her at uh, NBCU's table at the uh, Expo, Hall, Expo Hall that they were hosting the uh, the day before. Uh, she was in the middle of a conversation, so respectfully, of course, I didn't want to interrupt her, but it was just uh, coincidental that we wound up going to the same panel and that I got to uh, talk with her um, at that. So that was really, really neat. And she posted about me. She actually gave, she asked if I, she asked if she could post about my story on social media, I gave her permission to do so, and that is up on her Instagram page at HettyNBCLA, and I put it up on my story as well. So one of the amazing, amazing interactions that I had with uh, journalists whose work I've truly admired from afar. Again, I had a phenomenal time at AAJ22 uh, and really, really excited for uh for, for what the future holds for AAGA and, uh, and myself, quite honestly. So a fantastic, fantastic four days. And honestly, one of the best decisions I made was to follow that link from NBCU, from that LinkedIn, from the LinkedIn post that they made. Who knew that it could lead to so many incredible conversations, opportunities, and lessons over the next four days? I mean, wow. And finally, there's some new tampering news in the NBA. The Philadelphia 76ers are under investigation for a potential tampering in the James Harden re-signing, as well as the free agency deals of P.J. Tucker and Daniel House. Harden re-signed for almost $15 million less than his $47 million player option, 
in order to give the Sixers more cap flexibility to pursue a championship. House was inked to a two-year deal for $8.4 million, and Tucker was signed to a three-year, $30 million deal. This news from the Sixers comes one month after it was revealed that the Knicks are also under investigation for tampering involving Jalen Brunson. Of course, teams cannot communicate with players nor their agents before free agency opens, which was what may have happened with the Sixers and Knicks. Very interesting developments to follow. That'll do it for this episode of the Boundless and Ballin podcast, but not before one last story. So it's the final day of AJ 22. I had about an hour and a half to kill between my last panel of the day and meeting up with my friends. So in that time, I decided, you know what, I'm going to go to City Walk and uh, take a nice little stroll over there. So um, after I I went in, just briefly browsed around the uh, Dodgers Clubhouse store. Super cool stuff in there, by the way, of course. But uh, as I walked past the Universal City Walk store, I noticed that they had uh, promotional... Um, promotional material for uh, Minions. I just happened to be in a, a full-on suit uh, walking past it. And of course, you guys know the trend between the Minions movie and uh, a bunch of Gen Z folks in suits. So I decided, just for laughs, let me grab a quick selfie right by one of the uh, polls that they had over there with uh, with uh, Minions um, promotional material on it. As I walk in to the store, walking out, is one of my sports journalism idols, Lakers beat writer Mike Trudell. Uh, he writes and uh, broadcasts for uh, the Lakers, um, and he's one of my inspirations and uh, one of the guys I look up to when it comes to my sports journalism career. So uh, I approach him very calmly. I'm like, Mike, right? He's like, yeah, uh, We. Uh, I introduced myself as a student journalist heading into college, going to Emerson, of course. He says it's super cool. Uh, I asked him for a quick picture, and he agreed. Uh, got the selfie. Uh, had a little bit of a chat afterwards, and then we both went our separate ways. He was there uh, with his family, his uh, his uh, twin boys, and their uh, his son Riggs. Um, so yeah, it was super, and his wife as well. It was super cool getting to uh, uh, see all of them and getting the uh, picture with Mike. And again. One of the highlights of AAJA 22 for me just so happened to be um, outside of the convention on City Walk, getting to uh, take a picture with and uh, have a little bit of a conversation with one of uh, several sports journalists and several Lakers reporters that I look up to. So that was a super cool moment for me. And uh, as people say now, that's a core memory unlocked. That's for sure. So what a fitting way to wrap up the Boundless and Ballin' podcast, this Boundless and Ballin' podcast episode. Uh, See you guys on Friday. Stay safe, stay healthy, be well, peace.